Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. It was late afternoon. A heavy snow was falling, and the fields and meadows lay smooth and white under the thick blanket which covered them. Aunt Mary's niece, Peggy Douglas, had come out for a walk with Nicholas Dorn, the young writer to whom she's been engaged until recently, when Nicholas himself had suggested that their wedding be postponed indefinitely. Peggy was wearing a bright red coat with a scarf tied over her head. Nicholas was sporting a rather daring muffler. The two young people looked happy and carefree as they strolled along. However, Nicholas was in anything but a cheerful mood. Isn't the air wonderful, Nick? Hmm. I love wintertime anyway. Snow makes everything look so soft and peaceful. Uh, just like the picture on the postcard. Oh, Nicholas. You're such a cynic. Not a cynic, Peggy. Just a realist. I think that a man seems practically the same thing. Well, I'll grant that a consistent realist is likely to become somewhat cynical. Exactly. It's a pity, too. Why? I just think it's too bad people have to become cynical about things. They miss so much. Yeah, but that means they miss a lot of grief, too. Maybe. Oh, Nick, let's not be philosophical today. I'm feeling much too cheerful. Nick, let's walk over the little house on Kenmore Hill. We haven't been there for ages. I'm, I'm sorry, Peggy. I'd, I'd rather not, if you don't mind. Why? You used to love going over there. Planning all the things we could do with it. Yeah, I know, but that was before. Before? Peggy, don't you see? That was when we were making plans together. Now, well, there's not much point in it. Oh. Well, after all, it was your idea to put it off. You were the one who wanted to. Wasn't what I wanted, Peggy. It was just that I, well, just that I thought it was best. Well, the mounts are the same thing. Anyway, it's done. Yes, it's done. So let's not talk about it anymore. Hmm? At least not now. All right, Nicholas. What shall we talk about? Oh, anything. Just choose your subject. I'll plod along with you somehow. Well, tell me about your work. Have you finished that new story? Finished it. <laughs> I haven't even got a decent opening. But you told me about it two weeks ago. Yeah, I know I did. I say you can write better when you're unhappy. I'm afraid I've exploded that theory. I can't seem to write a line lately. But, Nicholas, does that mean you're unhappy? I'm not exactly floating on air, darling. I'm sorry. Nicholas? Yes, baby? Oh. This is going to be a leading question. I see that look in your eyes. It is a leading question, Nicholas. What I want to know is... Nicholas, are you in love with me? Wow, that's not only leading, that's the genuine $64 article. I'm serious, Nicholas. So am I, Peggy. It's just... I know it's rather odd, not asking you such a thing. 
I don't usually go around asking young men whether they're in love with me. You see, I feel so at ease with you, Nick. I feel as if I can say almost anything I want to, and you'll understand. Well, I'm glad about that, darling. I want you to feel that way. But do you mind my asking what puts such a question into your head? You aren't worried because I'm in a somewhat black mood, I hope. Look, I forgot to tell you, I'm the moody type. No, no, it isn't that. But when I was talking to Aunt Mary yesterday, something she said made me wonder. Oh? What did Aunt Mary say? Well, it wasn't anything she said right out. You know how Aunt Mary is. I see. But somehow I had the feeling she'd talked to you, that you'd told her something about us. Of course, I know it's a silly question. Because personally, I've always believed that you was the only woman you've ever really loved, or ever would love. And well, you've told me yourself over and over how you feel about those things now. How you hate sentimentality and, and emotional entanglements and so on. <laughs> oh, I guess I needn't have asked you. Don't you know the answer? Well, isn't it true what I said? You just go ahead and believe what you want to, darling. That'll be much the best for all concerned. But Nick... No, really, baby. Your logic is excellent. Everything you said makes sense. Let's leave it at that, shall we? Sometimes I think I don't understand none at all. <laughs> Poor little Peggy. Well, maybe I'm just a particularly difficult character to understand. Mm, I don't think it's that. I used to have the same trouble with Bill sometimes. Mm, that makes me feel better. By the way, have you seen Bill lately? Yes, I saw him yesterday. And Mary and I went into the bank and happened to run into him. How is he? Poor guy, I thought about him a lot lately. Really in a tough spot. It certainly is. It's tragic, the way everything turned out for him. Feeling pretty low, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. But as I told him, he'll gradually get his life straightened out. Probably settle down, marry someone. That'd be the best thing that could happen. So that he could make a proper home for his child. Of course, that's asking quite a lot of any woman, isn't it? What do you mean, Nick? Well, to marry a man with such a young baby, ask her to bring up another woman's child. How would you feel about a setup like that? Well, that's an impossible situation to imagine, so far as I'm concerned, Nick. Because, you see, well, it isn't just any child. Child, and well, you know how I feel about her. Yes, I think I do. What on earth ever made you ask? Well, I sort of wondered about it. Well, I couldn't possibly do it, but you should know that. First, there's a strong chance that Bill wouldn't get custody of the child. He took the thing into court. I believe they have to prove that the mother is unfit, something like that. It'd be pretty hard to do. Besides, from what I know of the Calvets, whether a kid is fit or not, they'd think of some way to get around it. Some loophole. Oh, but let's not talk about the Calvets. Peggy, I don't want to spoil my appetite. And at the moment, I'm starving. I'm sorry, no. Okay, Princess, let's get back into the car and go in search of a nice thick steak. Any discussion of the Calvert clan is hereby banned. Till after dinner. And so the subject of the Calvets was dismissed for the time being. But the young people would have been very much surprised had they known that Chip Meade, who had caused Peggy so much unhappiness, was at that same moment 
very much disturbed. Sitting in an obscure corner of the bar at the Brown Palace Hotel, Kit had been urging Paul Cromwell to leave Wakefield that night before he discovered that she'd broken her promise to him, that she was not suing her husband Bill Mead for a divorce. Now she leaned forward anxiously as she says, Please, Paul, don't ask questions. Just go, will you? Will you go back to Chicago tonight? But why tonight, Kit? Good heavens, you're certainly in a hurry to get rid of me. Well, it isn't that, Paul. It's just... It's just that I can't stand any more complications at the moment. Oh? Am I a complication? You are at present, Paul. Now, will you go? All right, Kit. Never let it be said that Paul Cromwell didn't know when he was, wasn't welcome. There's a, a nine o'clock train, I think. You sound devilishly happy about it. Would you care to dine with me? I'm sorry, Paul, but... Well, I'm afraid not. Well, I confess I didn't think you would. Obviously, I'm not the most popular chap in your book at present. Please don't be difficult, Paul. You, you surely ought to understand why. I'm not sure I do. But I must say, I'll just have my lonely bachelor dinner right here in the hotel. And then get the nine o'clock train. Of course, Kit, you will get in touch with me as soon as you know something definite. Of course, Paul, of course. Well, I... I'd better go now. Goodbye, darling. Not goodbye, dear. Au revoir. Au revoir. Till we meet again. Paul sighed, looking after Kit as she hurried away. His mission hadn't been very successful. After all the months of waiting, his eagerness to see Kit, he felt very let down because he insisted on his leaving town immediately. Well, at the moment, there was nothing to do but make the best of it. Might as well go across to the coffee shop on the other side of the lobby and have a leisurely dinner until it was time to take the train back to Chicago. Chicago and Lisa Fenner. How he dreaded that prospect. 